the senator from Texas. Reserving the right to object. You know, the senator from Connecticut is correct that if a senator were to halt a large number of nominations for an idiosyncratic concern, for a concern unique to that senator that were not, was not widely shared, that could constitute an abuse of power. And I'm going to suggest some aspects of this situation that make it quite different and that in a subsequent administration, if there were a comparable situation, would make these same levers appropriate. Number one, the Biden administration is defying three separate federal laws. Two different Nord Stream 2 sanctions, both of which I authored along with Democratic Senator Gene Shaheen, both of which passed the Senate and the House and were signed into law, both of which enjoyed massive near-unanimous bipartisan support. In addition to that, CATSA, strong Russia sanctions that are mandatory, that are designed to force a president to sanction Russia, even if they're reluctant to do so, like Joe Biden is. Right now, the administration is defying the law. And so the message that I have conveyed to the administration repeatedly is follow the law. I'm not asking for a change in the law. I'm saying follow the law. That's number one. If you have an administration that is openly defying the law, but number two, that is openly defying an overwhelming bipartisan consensus of Congress. This is not a narrow partisan issue, and I would note after Joe Biden waived the sanctions on Nord Stream 2. In the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, I introduced an amendment to reverse his decision. Every single senator but one on that committee voted in favor of my amendment. The senator from Connecticut voted in favor of my amendment. The senator from New Jersey voted in favor of my amendment. The Biden administration is telling all of Congress, essentially jump in a lake, we don't care that every Democrat and virtually every Republican has a dramatically different assessment of this situation than they do. Third, the national security magnitude of this issue. This was a major national security victory. When I met with the Biden administration, with each of their successive national security officials, I said, look, I understand the instinct of any new administration to say whatever the old guys did must be wrong. I get the Biden guys want to say whatever Trump did must be wrong. And by the way, the Trump guys, by and large, said whatever Obama did must be wrong. That's not a new thing. Whenever you have a change in administration, that tends to be a default position. But what I urge them to do is just because that's your knee-jerk instinct. This was a massive bipartisan victory for America, a national security victory that we won that Joe Biden is on the verge of throwing away. And the Secretary of State sat in my office and promised to fight to sanction Nord Stream 2. The Deputy Secretary of State sat in my office and promised to fight to sanction Nord Stream 2. The Under Secretary of State sat in my office and promised to fight to sanction Nord Stream 2. They did, in fact, fight to sanction Nord Stream 2, but unfortunately, they were overruled by the White House, which made a political decision to give in to Putin. In those circumstances, when you are defying 
explicit U.S. law, when you're defying the overwhelming bipartisan consensus of Congress, and when you're endangering U.S. national security and indeed turning a victory into a loss, I think it's appropriate to use the tools we have in front of us. That being said, I have engaged in active negotiation with the Biden administration in the past week. I've had conversations on this topic with the Secretary of the Treasury, with the Deputy Secretary of the Treasury, with the National Security Advisor. I've had conversations with multiple Democratic senators about a path forward. But I'll tell you what the path forward is not going to be. It's not going to be, let's roll over, give Putin his pipeline, and accept a massive national security loss for America. If that's where Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to go, they can go there, but they're not going to go there with my acquiescence. And I'm going to use every tool I have as a senator elected by the people of Texas to prevent that outcome. Accordingly, because Joe Biden's decision to defy U.S. law, to defy the overwhelming bipartisan consensus of Congress, to surrender to Vladimir Putin, to give him his number one priority, a multi-billion dollar pipeline that will provide billions of dollars of rewards for Russia for decades to come because that decision is a generational geopolitical mistake. On the order of magnitude of Jimmy Carter's giving away the Panama Canal, that even 50 years later, the consequences of that geopolitical mistake still, still reverberate. 50 years from now, Russian dictators will benefit from Joe Biden's weakness on Russia, because that strengthens Russia because it empowers Russia to attack our enemies, to extort our enemies, to engage in economic blackmail against our enemies, against our allies, rather. Because our allies are begging us not to do this. I've met with senior officials of the Ukraine. The Ukrainians are begging us not to do this. And the Biden White House is threatening Ukraine, keep your mouth shut. Because we have a political objective here because that strengthens Russia at the expense of the United States, at the expense of Europe, at the expense of our allies, because it destroys jobs in America, and because it endangers U.S. national security. I emphatically object. Objection is heard. Mr. President. Senator from